What do you think student agency means? Um, it could mean like where a student has the opportunity of their learning, they can choose what they, they're a little more like free and they can do what their mind has an idea for and they can try their idea. I like doing um, what I want to create and working it out in my mind and then putting it in, in real life and seeing what it's like. Welcome to this special series on learner agency, a defining feature in the emerging future of schools. I'm your host, Luca Parry, and in this collaboration between The Learning Future and the Association of Independent Schools of South Australia, we orbit 10 lessons shared by global education expert, Charlie Ledbeater. This is episode nine, leadership. A really big term, Charlie. Give us a sense of where we're starting as we orbit around leadership as it pertains to agency. Yeah, thanks, Luca, and um, hello to everyone. Um, I think all these schools have exhibited a really skillful approach to leadership. Um, and let me just explain what I mean. I think largely we think leadership is about leaders, and actually it's about entire groups of people and cultures. It's not just about individuals or even senior leadership teams. It's about leadership across organizations. And, and when we when we think of leadership as leaders, we, I think, often have two sorts of images in mind. One is of a sort of leader as a sort of technical expert, a, a manager who's there to get the best out of the system and to optimize it and so on and so forth. And then the other is of sort of leader almost as a sort of heroic saviour, the, the centre of the action, the figure who's going to ride in and provide the solution and everyone's going to rally round and follow. And I don't think any of the leaders in this project have been either of those two. They've done something different, which is sort of go in between those. And I would say that they're, they've all created frameworks in which other people can act in conditions of uncertainty and to have a sort of framework of values, goals, um, culture, a way of thinking and working, which will get them towards the right kind of solution. So they've created frameworks in which other people can act and it's not just about them. It's not just about letting go because actually they've provided scaffolding and framework, but they have recognized that the solutions will be about releasing energy across the school. And so often I think they're very adept coalition builders because they recognize that within the school and around it, they'll need to bring together people with slightly different interests. So they can't just be one thing or the other thing. They have to be and and both kind of leaders to bring people together to, to maximize combinations. Um, but the most important is that what they encourage is leadership from across the school. And so time and time again in this series, we've heard stories of leadership from teaching and crucially leadership from students. And so they are people who recognize that school needs leadership from many different sources and at many different levels. And if they try and lead in a traditional way, it won't be effective. They have to encourage a sense of leadership uh, right across the school and provide a framework in with, within which that can grow. And they're not frightened by that. They don't see that as a threat to their authority or their position or their charisma. They see that as the embodiment of their, their kind of mission. So it's um, leadership across the school that these people encourage. I, I love this, Charlie. The idea of leadership, not the leader. And, you know, leadership as action, not as title or hierarchy, certainly. Is there a, a, something you'd reflect on? I love this reflection you just spoke to, releasing energy. You know, the idea of a leader as a weaver, you know, bringing ideas and people together at points of, points in time. Is there a mindset that you think you've you've seen across these schools now over, over a period of years? You know, what is it about these leaders that that means they can kind of step away, step to the side, create and hold space? Well, I think that they all focus on possibility rather than problem. 
so that they have a really strong sense of what is possible, that more is possible, and more is possible from everyone. So they lead with a sense of possibility and excitement, and they're interested in the potential, what's going to come next. They're not just managing the here and now. They are, I think, pretty uniformly good at managing the here and now. They don't let that go. They don't let it slip, but they, they're they interested in more than that. So I think they are interested in that sense of potential. And I think they are fundamentally generous. They're, they're gen- there's a generosity which is about seeing other people grow. And I think there's a sort of it's a very good definition of care that care is self-actualization through the growth of others. And I think that these are leaders who self-actualize as leaders by seeing the growth of others and seeing other people exert leadership um, and taking pleasure and um, uh, joy from that. That's fantastic, Charlie. It's always like a self-transcendence, you know, the idea that, you know, I am because we are the Ubuntu type notion. Um, which I think is a fantastic starting point as we come to the we in this studio conversation. We have three fantastic practitioners joining us here to kind of delve into these ideas in their real world context. And so let's hear who they are and then let's get into some of the questions. So hi, I'm Sandra Barry from Endeavour College. So we're a quite a diverse school in the north of Adelaide. We have um, a large number of multicultural families and faith backgrounds that, uh, and we're a Lutheran school, so that's important to us in terms of our values and can we do education? Great. Thank you, Sandra. Welcome. Hi, I'm Sarah Lane from Scotch College um, in Adelaide in Mitcham and Torrance Park. Um, we're an ELC to Year 12 school. I am a Year 6 classroom teacher and Year 6 team leader. Fantastic, Sarah. Great to have you here. And I'm Wendy Matia. I'm the principal at Bethany Christian School. We're a ELC to grade six school, so a junior school, mm-hmm. uh, and we're situated in a place that's also very multicultural, not too far from Sandra. And uh, we have uh, quite a diverse number of languages that we are um, working with, as well as students who are from disadvantaged backgrounds as well. So that's part of the picture of who we are. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the three of you. Uh, Wendy, let's start with you, uh, not just because you're a principal, but because um, we're really interested, as you've heard from Charlie, the idea of self-actualizing through the growth of others. It's really interesting. Give us a sense there at Bethany, like what has the journey been over three years and particularly around, you know, your own journey as a leader and the leadership that's been enabled as part of it. Yeah, great. It's, it's actually been really exciting to be part of this project because it hasn't just been me. There's actually been a team of us working and there's people representative of classroom teachers in the junior and in the upper primary, as well as some of the exec leaders and others who have different roles in our school. And so having that diverse team has been really great to see everybody grow mm-hmm. in their leadership ability. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, that word possibility that, Charlie mentioned, and I think there is uh, this sense of possibility because there's a dissatisfaction with how schooling is arranged currently. Mm. And so for us, that's where it began, that there was this sense of dissatisfaction with the current system and the disadvantage that we could see not being addressed through it. And so we sort of started asking some of those questions about what really matters Mm. and what is learning actually about and who's it for and who gets to decide. And as we explored some of those things, we, we had a, an image of the bonsai tree or the mighty oak. And uh, education sometimes looks more like the bonsai tree that looks perfect and is arranged in certain ways and um, people can choose what it looks like, but it never reaches its potential or its possible potential. And so we would rather that learning in our school setting is more like the mighty oak that flourishes to its potential. That's a wonderful metaphor to start with. Um, just a follow-up question, you know, how how do you think you've thought about the leadership, the, the potent, you know, the idea of tapping into the leadership potential of everyone around you? Because of course it's not, it's it's the mighty oak, but it's actually the forest, yeah. you know, of all these, all these kind of oaks together. So as, you know, in your role, how have you found being able to kind of equip someone and step away or step to the side or support? What What's that been like? I think one of the, the key words is trust. Mm. We actually have to trust one another. And the only way you build trust is through time. 
and through working alongside each other. So you actually have to be together and it's in that being together and acting together within the context that you actually learn how each other thinks and how to value that, um, how to listen in terms of students, what voices we need to be hearing and how we interact with one another so that uh, all the voices are being heard in the conversation, not just those who have perceived power. Yeah. And so power became a real issue for us. Interesting. And we looked at how um, and who has the, the power to decide what, what happens. Yeah. And that kind of sparked us off on particular projects that we, we then went into. Yeah. It's just it's really interesting to start with power and the kind of redistribution of it in some ways because as the principal, Wendy, people would say, well, what do we do? Often, right? So it'd be like I have teachers say to me, "Just tell me what to do. <laughs> Please, just tell me what you want." Interesting. And we, we, I wouldn't. Yeah, it hold <laughs> open the possibility. Frustrated some. Yeah. But it was necessary for them to experience the learning leap mm. and to go through the pit and to, to have to climb out the other side themselves to yeah. genuinely have that learning for themselves. And it was so fascinating to watch a whole range of adults struggle with learning when every day they're expecting students to yeah. do the same thing. It's just this really interesting a, paradox. It is an interesting paradox, isn't it? We, yeah. And then they could identify that there was a learned helplessness in students, which was the other power issue that we discovered, that it was students who actually preferred to be told as well. Mm. And so we then had to look at, well, what are we doing that's creating this sense mm. of powerlessness? Mm. And what do we do to change that? Yeah, fantastic. Great, just great starting point, Wendy. Sarah, let's come to you. Um, in your journey, you know, as a classroom practitioner and this idea of leadership, where have you started and, and what, what are your reflections on this theme? Um, well, the thing that strikes me is that um, student agency was a concept embedded within our strategic plan mm. um, and I guess I sort of sit more within middle leadership mm -hmm. within our school. Um, what empowered me was at the beginning of this year our principal sort of inspired us by saying that they want to be an innovative school um, and they want to, I guess, create students that have leadership skills as well. Um, and one of the things that he said was, um, you know, to be an innovative educator, we want you to try new things. Um, we don't mind if you fail, mm. but we want you to fail fast and then mm. learn and then um, get on with your journey. Um, we also worked in a group um, on this project. Um, and I think that hearing him say that and knowing that there was sort of that trust and permission to be vulnerable um, empowered me um, and sort of in turn helped me to empower the group to say, you know, it's okay for us to think outside the square and um, move away from the status quo. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess in that way the leadership journey for me was to be trusted by maybe the senior leadership team um, and hopefully to inspire those next to me, mm. um, you know, my colleagues who teach in new levels below me um, to inspire the group that we're working in and we'll give them permission yeah. to do that. Um, I guess also personally what I realised was that part of my leadership role as a middle person in a school yeah, yeah. is to kind of sometimes advocate to the senior leadership sure. and um, to try and make sure that I guess our strategic vision um, is, continues. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, Sarah, um, it's interesting to f reflect on, I mean, this idea of leading up, you know, mm. ultimately, you know, we know from the research that teachers are the ones that make all the impact because mm. you're alongside the learners. And so then the question is, well, senior leaders or principals, you know, how they become cultural enablers or cultural architects. Mm. And, yeah, so that's an interesting way to think about um, trust we've picked up mm. and the idea of kind of permission that you've brought yeah. in as well and then how they link to being, a sense of agency. Being comfortable with vul being vulnerable yeah. in a professional capacity. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that being modelled by somebody. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you say, oh, okay, great. This is Someone's how we're taking a link of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. all of us kind of are going into this unknown, which has been a key theme of the conversation yeah. across these episodes. Uh, Sandra, let's come to you as well. Yeah, our team started quite small, but I guess that the uh, picking up on what um, the others have been saying as well, it's also been that the permission from from above, if you like, or the, yeah. or the principal. So when the principal's on board, then that was, and while that was only she was in our team to start with um, for a little while, while that wasn't um, a great thing because we all were already, sorry, it was a great, it was a great thing, but while we were comfortable having them being involved in the process and uh, we already knew we had permission to do this because that was already part of the way that that, that our principal led and so when we were in our smaller team, I guess we took a little bit um, longer and the, the, the power in that team was to be able to wrestle with some of the ideas that we needed to mm. in terms of how we were going to lead this with the rest of the school. And mm. and um, I've spoken before about how it was almost a little bit uncomfortable that we're talking about student agency, but the team itself in the first instance led by a bit of a top-down almost while it was very easy for us in many respects to do to spread that leadership very quickly so we we as a smaller group we'd done a lot of um, planning and thinking and talking about how it would work and luckily we had or not really luckily strategically we mm. had structures in place already that we knew we were going to drive some of the um, the ideas through and we also had it as a key strategic intention as well yeah. so and because of that that was almost the we had permission from all of the staff because that was what the school was wanting to do. I guess we also started with some of the those um, graduate qualities as well that we wanted to see. So there yeah. was that there was where our, our problem, well, not really the problem, but that's where we wanted to go. Was, yeah. And so what could we do there? There was a sense of um, we didn't call it learned helplessness, but it could easily have been called um, learned helplessness in in students. And it was interesting the comments that Wendy was making about this, the struggle that the staff had with that as well because we also had um, staff who were quite protective of the students and, oh, they were not going to be able to do this. We need to support yeah. them further. Um, you know, where's the structures we're going to build around this? Mm. Where's that? And and it was difficult for those staff to let that go and not mm. uh, and realise that students can actually do this themselves and that they did have the capacity. Yeah. And so when we start, we had a lot of time, it felt like a lot of time when it was just our small group, when we pushed it out to the wider staff, uh, teaching staff, most people took it up. It was like, oh, yeah, well, why wouldn't we not do that? Right. Um, that's, that's quite a natural progression. Some still struggled with how we would do it, even though they agreed with the purpose and the um, behind it all. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so that was how we... We manage the the leadership part of that. I guess as a um, relatively new um, leader in the in the, in the senior team, mm. I guess I learned a lot about you know project you know, managing a project with a group of people. And I guess we, as a smaller team, we were asking a lot of questions. Oh, what do we do now? What do we yeah, do next? Yeah. How do we how do we manage this? How do we make it go forward? And I guess our principal could have stepped in at any time and gone oh, well, why aren't you doing this, this, this and this? Um, but she didn't do that and that was part of our learning as well mm. as a smaller team. And while we were still what we would call the senior leadership team at the school, yeah, and there was a lot of learning that I think all of us did together as well. And even if it, even if it was about, and I know that Charlie has spoken a lot in the past and through the project about that idea of narrative and building the narrative, mm. and I think that that's, and we hear the, you know, lots of the... Um, uh, the metaphors, metaphors about yeah. the um, yeah. trees, etc. Yeah. I think that that's where we could have done that better. And I think as a leadership team, I think we, you know, I personally feel that you know I could have learned a lot from just the idea about having to build that narrative no, a lot more. Great. Well, let's jump into that in a moment. Charlie, gosh, there's so much to pick up there. The idea of hierarchy, I'd love you to reflect on as well. You know, even in listening to our conversation we're not fully comfortable sometimes saying, is it up, is it down, is it out, middle? Like, you know, there's still something around the structure of schools in there that I think is interesting in, in this conversation about leadership. But lots to, lots of you uh, themes for you to pull. 
Yeah, I guess one of the things is is that um, all organisations have different sorts of structures working at the same time, don't they? So there might be, there's a sort of hierarchy of position or authority, and then there might be um, hierarchy or relationships built on knowledge or expertise, which is slightly different. And then there's sort of hierarchies of respect, I suppose, or kind of which might be completely different. And they're all sort of slightly schools are never just one thing, are they? And we simplify them and create grids and imagine that they're sort of neat when actually often different things going on and um, that's part of what these schools have been good at doing and has has been opening that up so I was struck uh, you know throughout this conversation by the fact that there's a power it's not just leadership that there is a power issue who has the power to take initiative who has the power to make decisions and Whilst there's been redistribution of power, there's also been the generation of power in the hands of students, in the hands of teachers. So in a way, this sort of whole power redistribution works when it's power generation, when it's putting power in the hands of people and capabilities in the hands of people where they can take initiative. And then actually across the school, the school becomes more powerful as an organisation. It's, you know, so you're trading the power of a senior leadership team for the entire power of the school. Um, And so um, then this question that keeps coming back, of course, which is a really practical question and really important to bear in mind, which is a sort of teacher type question, but also a student question, which is, what do I do next? And I don't know what to do. What do I do next? Who do I turn to? A student turns to a teacher, a teacher turns to a leader. Um, and there's this sense that leadership is about providing direction, um, that when you don't know which direction to go into, where where go next, turn to a leader. And I think there's an alternative story in these schools, in what... Um, Wendy, Sarah and Sandra are talking about, which is leadership as learning. Leadership isn't direction. Leadership is enabling learning and modelling learning because actually leaders can't tell you exactly what the direction is or exactly what the journey will involve, but they can allow you to learn and encourage you to learn and through that work out what the direction should be. So it's changing from leadership as direction, go in this direction, follow this path, I know the way, to I'm going to allow you to find the way. I'm going to encourage you to find the way. I'm going to give you the tools, the maps, the compasses, the boots, the equipment, so you can go on that journey. So it's a completely different sense of leadership because leadership as direction eventually leads to very top-down leadership. Um, and leadership as learning is a much more distributed kind of affair. Fantastic. I was just thinking about, you know, we always talk about, leading the way forward whereas maybe it's learning the way forward you know it's this idea actually you know, learning yeah. forward there's, there's a momentum but of course there's an agility perhaps to that that um it doesn't yeah it doesn't pull in some of the kind of old power static elements perhaps of of title-based leadership i think yeah, and the, the learning is leadership and leadership is learning and you learn through you lead through learning I suppose that's what these schools are doing. They're leading through learning. Love it. Thank you, Charlie. Can I add a picture that we we played around with? Um, So uh, traffic lights and roundabouts. So traffic lights are, it's very clear and binary. Uh, We go, we stop, we prepare to stop. Or a roundabout, we actually have to read the situation and know how to respond. And, And that picture for us was really helpful in this sort of, you know, setting, thinking about leadership. And, it, it's great. It's so for the child, for the teacher, for the leaders, or yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah. How do how do we respond? We need to be more like roundabout. That's such Sorry. a great <laughs> metaphor. I love yeah. it. Absolutely, because of course, then it's the constant, as you say, assessing of the situation. There's yeah. a, a capability that's required to operate a roundabout that isn't yeah. present yeah. for, for a, a stoplight. It's true. And in leadership, there's ambiguity all the time. Mm. So you're always having to deal with this ambiguous situation and make make those judgments and adjustments according to what's around you, not just what's always been before. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And the thing I like about that, the roundabout analogy too, is that people are getting on and off at different times mm-hmm. and, it, and it recognises that, 
you know, if you're watching and if you are someone who's watching the roundabout, then you, you're, you know, yeah, you're, you, know, you might be prompting people to to get on the roundabout or you know, sometimes you have to give on. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> allow someone, yeah. yeah, someone else to come through. Well, get loving the metaphors, here, yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's such a great point. I mean, things take. So, you know, your point on on the narrative, the metaphor. I think leaders. I reflect just through some of the work that we see happening. We can't have certainty. We can only have clarity. And that clarity, the clarity might be we don't know. (laughs) It might be the clarity. But to pretend that we could know, I think, is it's just beyond what's possible now. Um, Take us into some of the challenges, team. Like what in this kind of leadership journey, there's often things like identity get placed in, in this as well or the fact that I don't know somehow reflects on who I am as a leader or as an mm. educator um, or as a learner, mm. um, as a student. So what have been the challenges that you've kind of navigated? Wendy, start us off. Yeah, I think how long it takes people to change, how long people take to come to their own understanding and to actually take the risk and move into it and practice it and try it and fail and try it and fail and and. It, there'll be a moment where they realise it, but there's quite a long time generally for most people until they get to that point. I think it's one of the big challenges. So it's about people. It's not about doing stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's no, it's like the roundabout. You have to always be looking and reading the situation. You can't just apply a grid. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. So developing the professional learning experiences or giving them giving them experience or giving feedback that's meaningful or helping them receive feedback from students and others mm. or having robust conversations where people feel safe to really say what they think yeah. and that it will be taken the right way and that there's a, it's okay to disagree. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean we're not friends. It just means mm. that we disagree on something and we're going to work it through and come to a point of deciding together. All of those things, I think, uh, are difficult to maintain the momentum of mm. because we, we want to default back to what's easy and convenient and, and what's efficient for us yeah. in our work rather than pushing through in those really ambiguous, changing, um, exhausting mm. things that, that happen. Yeah. Fantastic. Starting point. Sarah, what do you want to add to that? Um, I think, um, well, I don't know. I know you sort of use the word challenge, but I guess something that we've, realize out of this whole journey that we've been on is um what charlie mentioned before about um leadership being learning and that's where we kind of we got a bit stuck i guess at the end of last year and um that's kind of what we realized at the beginning of this year i guess when we started thinking about narratives and models and images to kind of um, reflect our journey um we just realised that we actually needed to um, engage with our staff and actually have time together to have that professional dialogue that mm. you were talking about, Wendy, and to have it in a safe environment um, to actually reflect on what student agency meant mm. to us as a reception teacher, a year six teacher, Um to just have vulnerable conversations and for people to think about, okay, and realise that I don't necessarily teach student agency. It's kind of like a culture that we need to build. And um, so I think that was one of the most powerful things that we did was actually um, we advocated for time Mm. to actually be given to us as educators with everybody else involved as well with the leaders, the senior leadership team there as well, and to sort of be on that learning journey together. Um, And then also involve our students. Um, That was something that was really um, important to me um, and to actually talk to them about, you know, how do you feel? We talk about power, but, you know, how do you actually feel empowered Mm. and why do you want to come to school and what kinds of, you know, how do you learn best and to take that information back um, and reflect on it as a staff as well. So we actually kind of ended up um, coming up with quite a complex kind of, I guess, agreement about what student agency looked like within our junior school. Mm. Um, 
But there was just so much positive feedback as a staff to actually have the time where normally we might be like talking about, okay, this is how you upload this document here and these are the, this is the goal for this and I don't know. I can't think of many examples, but you know how staff (laughs) meetings are, yeah, the mechanics of a staff meeting that you kind of sit there and sometimes think this could have been in an email or something. Um, And to actually have that professional dialogue and talk about our teaching. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. over the series of these workshops that we did, people started bringing examples of things that they were doing in their classroom context and, you know, and we actually celebrated what was going on. And, you know, for me teaching in year six, I was realising what reception um, students were doing and we were realising how we could hook in with each other and provide that actual culture that is so important. Sarah, it's wonderful. So many fractals in that, Charlie. Mm. You know, the emergence of a culture, the emergence of agency. I'm saying, let me teach you agency. Creating an experience. And it's already there in so many contexts. It's just recognising it, celebrating it, promoting it and doing more of the good stuff. Fertilising it. Yeah, Yeah. fantastic. Sometimes it's about naming it as well. Yeah, identifying. Oh, is that what you mean? Oh, Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess one of our um, challenges as we went along was about that idea of momentum and being able to, as a smaller team, keep the momentum up within ourselves because, of course, we don't have one thing to do. We're not just looking at working on this particular project, but keeping that momentum going. But then also that level of communication as well. So we're trying to keep our team going as well as being able to communicate enough so that we're preparing people enough um, to be able to go to the next step each time. And I think that that was, I think that's, the good part it's a great challenge to have it's that you know because that's where you you know you're really invested in the in what's happening and but but yeah but just trying to keep that um keep that going I guess is Mm. is a challenge but we just had to persevere with it and and commit to the task I guess a little bit yeah great so yeah which was which is a good good part as well um I guess the other um something that we was a great thing in the end is that the effort that we were putting in and 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 reassuring people at sometimes it was just you know just go with this just see how it goes plays out just trust that it's going to you, you you'll be okay mm-hmm. what if this happens what if the parents don't because we had a very specific sure. project that we were working on um, and I guess in the end it was great to have you know parents come out and say wow I didn't realize my my student my child was able to talk like that about their learning I didn't realize that mm-hmm. they had that idea that they were really passionate about this element of social justice or I didn't I, I didn't realize that they really wanted to spend time you know managing how they could focus their time and energy to get more of their work done but and then I felt empowered as a parent to be able to help them mm-hmm. and I knew what was going to be the next thing and, and the care group teacher who was also in on that conversation was also able to say, oh, okay, well, I can help you in care group because I can remind you about how, how things are yes. going or I can yeah. I can be part of that. And it was coming from the student um, and being, and that was our overall premise, was trying to um, have students articulate what their capabilities were yeah. on a, on a, on a uh, range be yeah. a, to be able to then um, develop this sense of agency. Right. Charlie, do you want to pull on some of these themes? I mean, a lot... A lot around, you know, the the pace of change, like how do we as human beings and our psychology, you know, implied in that time, you know, a a few challenges there? Yes. um, Perhaps one way to do it is just to reflect on why this idea of narrative is so important Um, because narrative gets you convey, a narrative can convey information and um uh, kind of knowledge but it also touches emotion and um, affects people and inspires people and it moves people so that's why narrative is so important because you're dealing with both a sort of you, know, you need to deal with both a sort of rational discourse or a sort of pragmatic or a kind of technical discourse but also a very emotional discourse so when uh, Wendy was talking about um this sort of issue of identity um, that you're dealing with um, teachers, but also students to some extent. I mean, everyone in that arrangement of relationships whose identities have been changed. 
you know it's not just what they do it's kind of who are they what are they for where do they sit in all of this and then often the because the timing thing is because people take time to linger between identities they don't go in one step from one thing to a, another sense of their identity and in that <clears throat> process that Wendy was talking about of try learn try again you know iteration that's sort of holding people whilst that's happening and it can appear then it's really difficult to judge then sometimes it looks like a lot's happening when a, a lot isn't actually happening and sometimes mm -hmm. it can feel like you've made no progress and then suddenly you realize you have made a lot of progress because it's both about taking time, but it's also about timeliness. It's about spotting the moment when actually a shift is ready. And actually then you can accelerate and then you can gain some momentum. So I think there's great skill in that. But also I'm just struck by, you know, schools are full of narratives already. You know, there are narratives about... Oh, we can't do that. They can't do that. We can't expect that of them. Oh, that's really risky. If you do that, the parents will hate it. Or you know, and there are all sorts of narratives that we tell ourselves to stop ourselves doing things. Yeah. They're sort of disabling narratives. And they're not just narratives about students or that students are encouraged to tell about themselves. They're narratives about ourselves. Um, they're sort of stop narratives, jeopardy narratives. And that's why it's so important to build you know, moving credible narratives and metaphors, which are sort of propulsion narratives. Yes, you can step into it. Don't fear it. Embrace uncertainty because that means embracing creativity. Um, and so that's why the, the sort of generation of those is, is so important. Um, Bethany was a sort of very prolific narrative and metaphor generator through this process. And one of, one of their metaphors was about going flying and you know before you go flying you have a checklist so you don't go flying without going through the checklist but once you're flying you you don't look at the checklist anymore the checklist enables you then to start flying and the point of the checklist is to fly and it's sort of narrative or images like that that sort of convey to people in simple terms you know how they need to combine things which are so effective I think that's fantastic, Charlie. I mean, this idea of starting narrative, meeting intention, creating meaning, enabling emergence. I mean, there's all these wonderful things you've spoken about um, in that. And that's evidenced here as well. Um, I wonder what's next for each of you. And if there's been a surprising moment you might want to share briefly as well. Wendy? Yeah, probably the surprising thing for me every time, and it shouldn't be, is the way students get this. Yeah. And the way that they interact and go beyond their expectations. Mm. And I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the stories of impact from their lives is what really surprises me and, and generates the energy that you need to keep going in this journey. Um, and, and probably for us, what next is continuing that narrative and you know, Charlie mentioned this flying idea, um, and we started with really the, when we began looking at well, what what was it that we were like? It was that we were a very caring environment, yeah. But that uh, teachers needed some capability growth, and so we spent a number of years doing that. But what what came of that was this sense of a checklist, right? And so teaching was about the checklist and getting things done. And when you did something new, it was like adding another thing to the checklist. Mm. And then there's this overwhelming sense of teaching so hard. Whereas we realised that the checklist role wasn't to get things done. That was a to-do list. But a checklist is about communication. Yeah. And the reason you have a checklist in a plane is so that the two pilots communicate with each other. Or the reason they have a checklist in hospital is so that everybody knows the right information and the best outcomes happen. Yeah. So sort of a switch to a, a checklist for a different purpose mm. so that together we're learning together. And, and that, that changes, uh, I guess that addresses that power differential that we talked about at the beginning and empowers everybody to have a voice uh, that needs to have a voice because not everyone needs to have a voice about everything, but there are things that we, we should all have a voice about. And so listening to people, uh, continuing to develop a narrative that is helpful uh, and also being aware of those narratives that are unhelpful, mm. that are being formed around the place <laughs> so that we keep moving in the right direction. I guess that's the, the things for us. That's wonderful. Uh, Sarah? 
Um, so one of our surprising moments or moments of celebration was realising, again, like you said, how kids and students just get this. And um, so I guess our goal has been to provide a number of different opportunities to empower students in their learning. Um, and what happened in Term 3 this year was our Year 6 students were undertaking a research project titled Healthy Me that kind of was covering health curriculum, humanities and social sciences, English. So, um, you know, this beautiful project was presented to the kids today and then a group of them came up to me and were kind of like, so who are we presenting this to? We're doing this project, but who's the audience going to be? And I was like, that's a really good question. <laughs> we haven't organised um, anyone at the moment. Would you be interested in doing that? And they got to it with, I guess, support of, you know, us, emailed members of parliament, the mayor, um, subject matter experts, you know, through our community, um, had a really authentic experience. So, and, you know, we talk about in Year 6 at our school that um, the signature learning experience across the year is leadership and collaboration, interestingly. Um, and they actually did it. Like mm. it was an actual organic thing that kind of occurred. Yeah. Had um, they made show bags and all sorts of things for the special guests to come. They were involved in looking at safe operating procedures and all of that kind of they talked to the marketing team at school um, to get information and they just flew with it and it was an awesome success and I did pretty much nothing like I mean you know facilitated but um, yeah so that was one of my uh, our surprising moments um, and then another really cool thing that happened was one of the reception students kind of designed a sustainable playground or a playground area using sustainable features mm. and um, we're in the process of um, building a wellbeing centre as part of our college and and this idea from this reception student's kind of been taken up in part of this process. So, yeah, I think it's just opening people's minds up to mm. um, sharing across students teachers this yeah. journey together um and where to next i guess is to continue to celebrate continue to reflect on where we've come but where we're going and also to make sure that um parent community is on board with all of these kinds of things and like you were saying before sharon when you had people coming back and saying i didn't realize my child was capable of that like actually sort of I guess making parents aware yeah. that part of the way that we're teaching is allowing that to happen. I'm, um, I'm, I'm really struck Sarah by this idea I didn't and I didn't do really anything well I think you did precisely <laughs> what you were meant to do you know that's, yeah. that, that's yeah. the shift of identity. But it was so organic. Yeah like, I um, love it mm. and authentic and, yeah, and actually it. the students were saying where's, where's the authenticity? Yeah yeah exactly. We're doing this work who's the authenticity? I know. So and great. that's what was yeah. so good when you were saying Wendy like they just get it like they yeah. just pick it up. Um, Fantastic mm. love it. Sandra um, what do you want to add to that? Um, so we were not surprised but I guess something that we were really heartened by was because it was a small group and then went very quickly to literally every teaching staff yeah. um, member um, was just the capacity in, in the teaching staff to be able to just roll with things. I, obviously not everyone was and then we had questions and, and they were all valuable questions and they were good questions that we all had to answer, we should be answering and, and accountable for too. Um but they really were, were quite willing to step out of sometimes for their, it was a quite a big comfort zone and others yes. would just went, oh, yeah, whatever, I would always do that anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. It was good to see that and then and then also then for them to see the students and what they were bringing to this. And, yes, there's a whole lot of growth that needs to happen in all, both of those areas, mm. but it was good to see that it's where you see the success and it's gone, we're going to be able to build on that success. And I guess that's yeah. the next step as well is, building on that success, I think we need to hone our language um, for some of the elements a, um, a little bit sure. more. Mm. And then the big challenge from a leadership perspective is, okay, we how do we maintain that level of, of, of leadership and ownership within the, all across all the teaching staff? Mm. And that's 
all well and good for those teaching staff who have been involved in the last three yeah. years. But what about Managing our new staff, staff that are coming yeah. in? Yeah. So, you know, that whole idea of transition and induction and mm. well, how do we, there's so much that we induct new staff into. Yeah. How are we going to authentically be able to do this? So they get the picture, that they get the purpose. Yeah. Um, and great. sometimes, you know, when we were starting, the, the people probably didn't have uh, the same understanding of the purpose as the team did and we did a little bit of work on, you know, just a bit backtracking to, sure. to look at that purpose again. And so with new staff coming in, I guess that's our biggest, our biggest thing, scaling it as well as um, yeah. being able to really successfully induct new staff. That's great. Um, we'll stay with you, Sandra. Just we'll, we'll go to this last question. I'm really curious after this great conversation and then, Charlie, I'll hand to you for a final word. What... Is your piece of advice, Sandra, about this theme of leadership? You know, your take-home message for listeners of this podcast. I think that it's 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 about value and valuing others. So being able to, and that's not just that's at every level within the school. Mm. Um, Sarah was saying about the reception students being able, you know, impacting what impacting. the leadership were doing yeah. in terms of designing a new building. Well. That's showing that every person is in in the educational context there are learners in their own right and they have value for everything that they're, they're being presenting mm. and sharing. And I think that the value that we put in, we understood the value of the teaching staff and the, their contributions and we also, and we valued that and we needed that. None of this would have happened. Yeah. It's not, as you are saying before, it's not really about leaders Um and we need to be able to step out. So we need to be able to make ourselves redundant almost in this process to be able for it to be successful and for that leadership to be shared. And that's not just shared with the teaching staff, but it's also shared in terms of the student body um, as well. Thank you. Sandra? Sarah? Piece of advice? Um, I've just been thinking and reflecting on what you said and um I think um, the trust is really, really important um, and I think the permission, I know I keep saying it, but because I guess I'm a teacher like in the middle kind of part of the school, if you want to think about the hierarchical structure, um, you know, you kind of need permission to do things and going back to the beginning where I said that, you know, we were sort of said, well, we, at the beginning of the year our principal said, if we're going to be innovative, you need to try new things out and we encourage you to and it's okay to fail. Like yeah. We're not going to be upset, but, you know, just fail fast. Um, I think, um, yeah, the part, the piece about being valued as well and um, also kind of valuing each other's ideas, even though sometimes we might be all at different levels yeah. of learning within the process. Um, yeah, just that mutual respect. Um, so that's great. Yeah, it pulls into that theme on trust and safety as well. You've spoken about. You know, there's mm -hmm. a safety comes from something like trust, mm -hmm. or from seeing a, a, a leader enable leadership through modelling as well. Perhaps. Yeah, that's fantastic, Sarah. Wendy, mm -hmm. bring us home. What's well, your maybe, take home? Maybe think about while you were talking, Sandra, about you know a pebble in the pond and how the ripples go out, and it's almost like you know we've just put. A pebble in, but we've got to keep doing it, or the ripples eventually pass, and we've got to keep <laughs> pleasing with the metaphors. They're not all mine, that one was mine, but all the rest weren't. Um, but I think we've got to ask the hard questions, we've got to be prepared to ask the hard questions of why do we do the things the way we do them, and who gets to decide, mm. and then what's my responsibility in setting conditions for young people to flourish? Mm. Because if we don't set up those conditions, then flourishing is much more difficult for young people. And so what are those conditions that really do help not just mm -hmm. uh, students but teachers yeah. and leaders, you know, what's going to help our whole organisation to flourish and have a healthy culture. Uh, and so solving problems worth solving, not just solving problems for no good reason, <laughs> and then creating value for others are probably two big things that we would really love to see happen as students come to our school and as staff work in our school, that there's that sense of we're not afraid of the hard questions, but we don't just go looking for a fight either. Mm. We're actually only really interested in things worth solving and then what we're doing is contributing to the greater good and seeing value created for others. Mm. 
and enable those ripples to keep moving through the water. Charlie, final word from you. Some beautiful reflections here from from the team. Yeah, it's been a <clears throat> fantastic conversation and that thread throughout it that it's about leadership, not leaders. Um, it's very important, I think. Um, this fundamental sense of generosity that actually leaders self-actualize as leaders through the growth of others and not through their own power, but the school becoming more powerful as a community. Um, and that's teachers and students becoming more powerful and seeing that and um, sort of gaining self-realization through that. Um, tremendous sense of growth. Um, so it's not finished. Is it ever finished? I mean, maybe we're just at the beginning of a whole unfolding process, you know, that's going to carry on and um, deepen and diversify and amplify and connect. And so, <clears throat> but this tremendous sense in all three schools in what Wendy, Sarah and Sandra are saying about being prepared to go beyond, being prepared to step into the uncertainty, to be pulled by what's not yet there, but will be there if we create the right conditions and that will pull us forward. So this sense, strong sense of leadership as learning and learning as leadership and that interaction that leadership isn't about just about and isn't primarily about direction, decision, um, authority. It's about creating the conditions for learning so that people can find better ways to achieve what's important for them. And then finally, just the sort of picture of the school that, and, the, and the place to work, the place to be, the place to go for students uh, that emerges from all of this and this notion of a safe space. Because I don't think, Actually, that's quite it, is it? Because these are they're certainly not safe spaces in the sense that you're protected from risk or uncertainty the whole time. It's more like a kind of space in which you can be brave and admit vulnerability and admit you don't know and step into that rather than um, retreat from it back to certainty and safety as authority, routine, regulation, rule, whatever it is. So there is a sense in which they're, they're, when Wendy talks about creating the conditions in which all of this is possible and when Sarah and Sandra talk about their work, there's this sense that you're creating a space in which people can step into and be vulnerable and accept that they don't quite know the answer yet, but they'll find a good next step, a good way forward. And that's a really important sense of what an organization should be like. Fantastic sentiments, Charlie. Thank you. And enormous thank you to you, Sandra, Sarah, and Wendy for stepping in to this conversation uh, and for sharing you know, your reflections on leadership for episode nine of this 10 lesson series. 